That's Chuck Marone. He and Aaron Brown. This is Dig Deep on KAXE, KBXE. I wonder in the last part of this segment, before we get to our uh, podcast-only conversation, if we could dig deep into the state of Minnesota specifically. I would like to do that. I I feel like uh, it's amazing because the George Floyd thing, if you would have told me like the events that transpired and then said point to the place on the map where this happened, I would have pointed to Chicago or Los Angeles or Baltimore or some Southern city. I would never have pointed to Minneapolis. Like how how in the world did this happen? And I mean, we talked in our last episode about the shame we kind of personally felt that Minnesota was now part of this epicenter. It's amazing to me because I've seen a number of polls recently that put Trump within, you know, if not the margin of error, just outside the margin error in Minnesota. And while, you know, that doesn't, I'm I'm not, I didn't vote for Trump. I've said that on the show many times. I don't intend to vote for Donald Trump in this election. I'm also not going to vote for Joe Biden. So hate me, whatever. I don't care. I think that it is astounding that a state that voted for Walter Mondale in 84, and and my whole life has been solidly blue, is now so, I think, bifurcated along the same rural-urban lines we see everywhere else without really a lot of coalition across that space that we actually are a 50-50 state. We actually are, I think, in play. I mean, we're part of the the bubble strategy for the Trump campaign is Minnesota. I, I, I think there's a sense that Minnesota could be the Wisconsin of the 2020 election. And I know Aaron and I have talked about this for years, and we've seen this happening in our part of the world, where it's becoming very, very conservative and conservative in a in a brand of conservatism that we haven't really seen to the as dominant in the past. But that is affecting I think what I see as, in some ways, a very extreme liberalism coming out of urban and metro areas as a, as a counter reaction to it. And it's becoming a state that is more reflective of the craziness of the country than an oasis of what I would like to think of as, you know, a, a different Minnesota way. We seem to be losing that Minnesota way and becoming more reflective of this national whole, which I, I, I am not proud of. And I I don't like that trend. I was just, while Chuck was speaking, I was reminded of, a, I, and of course I can't quote it, but it was a poem that I came across written by a literature student at, I think it was at Mankato. Anyway, they wrote it for a class for the school literary publication or something. And it was by a guy from the range, from the Iron Range. And he was writing about the Iron Range. And I remember this was early in my blogging, so mid 2000s, early 2000s, quite quite a while ago now, before 2016 and before Chip Kravak and before the Iron Range as a swing district being something that is in all the national news and all this. He wrote that he hated the range because it was conservative and because it was the worst kind of conservative, the kind of conservative that is simply afraid of change. And I feel like we've reached a point, and and this is just me describing my feelings here, others will feel different, but I was politically active as a young person into my college years. And then I became a journalist um, and and an editor who wrote editorials. And so that meant that I I was an ideologue to begin with. And then I became uh, a self-righteous ideologue, I guess, uh, or (laughs) whatever people who write editorials and columns are. Something's got to be a little wrong with you to to think that what's the topic of the day? Windmills? I've got opinions. You know, you got to have, you got to be a certain kind of person to... (laughs) to do that. But I always believed as this, as my home region, the Mesabi Iron Range, 
was voting for those DFL, Kent Walter Mondale in 84. I remember seeing him on the news, seeing the debates of 84 when I was a kid and asking about it and Walter Mondale and my dad didn't like Walter Mondale, but this was uh, just something on my mind. And as I became a conscious that I was of liberal beliefs in the political sense. I really believe that as Democrats were pulling 65 to 70 to 80% of the vote in my hometown, that it was because they believed in the righteous progressive principles that I have. Because Joe Bob down the street, the excavator, he he's voting for the same guy as me. That must mean that he shares my views on universal health care, that he shares my views on being accepting of, of, of racial and ethnic difference in our society. And, and, and he must share all of these beliefs that I have. I wrote about this all the time as a young man, believing that it was, as Chuck, I think, described in, in what he just said, part of the big plan, the Minnesota way, I think Chuck said. And then to find that 2010, Oversar loses. 2016, Trump carries a lot of towns on the range for the first time since any Republicans won it since since Hoover in 28. And realizing that as I saw this, some of the names on the letters to the editor in the local newspaper and some of the Facebook and social media comments, the names of people that I know that I saw vote for Democrats, that I saw at Democratic rallies for guys like John Kerry, you know, who, if you voted for John Kerry, you must be... <laughs> <laughs> it must be pretty liberal, right? But no, they just, it was this notion of, well, we all do this because we all do this. And as the sense that the them in the world were in fact not capitalists with gold toilets in New York, but that the them was Birkenstock wearing environmentalists who don't like pipelines, that they would just whole cloth leave the Democratic Party and and vote for Republicans, just, just like that, with no thought of, we used to win on messages involving social security and healthcare for all was always a winner on the range when I was coming up. And now those messages were poison because the, the counter messaging on them was, was poison us. And so the, the idea that some of us believe that this was an idea, and there are similar, I'm sure Chuck knows that there are true believing conservatives, either on social issues or on fiscal issues, or perhaps both. And that there are true believers who, who, who now believe that as Joe Bob, the excavator, now votes for, for Trump and for Jason Lewis and for whoever's running against walls and on down the line, that, ah, Joe Bob is adopting my Grover Norquist philosophies on everything. Indeed, the, he likes small government and all this. It's just as fallacious to believe that as it was for me to believe the other. And that there are, in fact, people who don't engage with politics in the sense of these specific policies and I don't mean to be making any intellectual claims about, you hear the term low information voter. A low information voter might not have any problem understanding a piece of policy. It's that they orient their lives differently and around different things than nerds like me and Chuck and Heidi. And uh, sorry to call you nerds. I feel it's privileged language that the three of us can use. But um and that we have this divide in our country as well among the, you know, because both both Biden and Trump are going to get votes from people who barely know what's going on in terms of federal policy. And that's always been true in every presidential race. It's just these tiniest little things, emotional mostly, that, 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 that tilt elections and, and that we're in a very emotional time. And it, it could be that the specter of what Trump is doing and this and that might be the thing that tilts people towards Biden or 
um, or the fact that maybe Biden seems like a normal normalcy or something like that might be the thing that worked for Harding, you know, back in the day. And it might be that the specter of violence and, and the degradation and destruction of our society on the streets of Minneapolis and Kenosha and all these places, you know, th- sends people into the arms of the protector Trump. But the notion that it means anything about ideologically or or, or policy-wise what is coming or what we should be doing It has no bearing at all on that. And that's a problem I think we haven't figured out yet. We have these arguments as though we know that an emotional vote also has an intellectual level. Many times it doesn't have one. So it's reminding me, I'm a little older than you guys, when I was in sixth grade was um, Reagan was running for president and they wanted us to get involved in civics at Nisswa Elementary. And Jimmy Carter won in our in our election, and it's because one of my good friends gave out free peanuts. <laughs> you know, we That's had a great, really I was campaigning for Anderson because my best friend's name was Mary Anderson, and we thought we really had a go. We were trying to pretend like he was related or something. See, we have a local politician here, uh, Paul Tini, who I, I, is out of office now, but only recently. And I remember voting for him just incredibly enthusiastically when I was in like second grade or third grade or whatever, because his campaign signs were TD and it had a little football touchdown. And that was like the depth of my, like if this guy supports football, I like football. He's got my vote. I mean, maybe it's different nowadays than the old touchdown and peanuts days, but. I don't think so. Let me give you what I think is, is the same. And I'll go, I'll go back again to something that, that is interested me and I, I feel like I've tried to understand. Donald Trump, when he was a candidate in 2016, said to black America, why not vote for me? You've voted for Democrats for generations. You're saying things are so bad for you today. What do you have to lose? And there was a part of me that's like, I've, I've wondered like what the outreach, what the entree, what, what the thing that would make more African-Americans actually vote Republican because in a lot of ways, African-Americans are very con- are, are more conservative than your average Democratic voter. They tend to support, there's, you can go down a litany of things and I, I feel like they're ripe for conservatives. I know exactly, I, I mean, I, I believe I know exactly why many Blacks will not vote Republican. And it's because Republicans are tolerant, um, not, not embracing, but at least not like shunning people who hate blacks. And that is a problem because if you're like, I want to vote for that party, but there's a, a minority of them, 3%, 5%, whatever it is, maybe you think it's bigger than that. I think it's a smaller percentage, but whatever it is, the Republicans are not hostile to them. They don't kick them out. They don't, they tolerate them. And if someone in a party tolerates people that actually hate me, I can't vote for that party, even if I align with them on principles. When I look at the Democratic Party today, and you have people who hate Christians, want a certain amount of, of uh, chaos and disorder, there, there's there's a handful of things that I think when we look at our district, our very you know rural, kind of family-focused, church-focused district, there, there's a handful of things where I, I think people could Back in the early 80s, pull a lever for Mondale, pull a lever for John Kerry, maybe even. And and today, those levers become harder to pull because while it's not the majority of Democrats, there is a part of the party that is that actually hates 
the lifestyle, the values, the approach of a lot of people who live in our district. And, and that is a burden that I think is, is difficult to overcome. It, it, it makes that, and I can't remember the term you had for it, not the geek, the low value, the, the, the um, low information, low but, information. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have to know much about issues. If I know that there's people in that party that hate me and the party in general is tolerant of those people. That makes my vote in decision very basic and very easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point and a good comparison, I think, because we could quibble about the numbers and how tolerant people are and, and hating Christianity is kind of a strong term, though there are uh, very militant uh, atheists who generally fall on the liberal side of the things. I don't, I didn't want to get into all that, but what, but what was interesting to me is, and I get to do it, I get to say uh, my contractually obligated, uh, in the book I'm working on and the research that I've been doing about <laughs> early Iron Range history, which is a political story about Victor Power and, and, and what Victor Power in, in Hibbing, early Hibbing mayor, who was kind of a rising star in state politics as well, it was very bald-faced coalition building was how politics worked in, in the teens and 20s. Um, you know, the political parties were nebulous. You could say instead of red and blue, it was uh, burnt sienna and uh, uh, dark tan. You know, it was like it, the, the parties were, uh, Democrats would become Republicans, Republicans would become Democrats. Uh, we had a know. thing that called, we used to be called liberal Republicans. Minnesota yeah. was full of them. Yeah. And uh, in fact, Victor Power's father was quoted saying that a, a Republican was nothing more than a Democrat who wanted to get elected. It, it, because at the time, Republicans were the dominant party in, in the upper Midwest. And so it, it's just this idea that your coalition is your home. It's us versus them. And I think that's where it's gotten down to a very boiled down version of this for for all of us in, in the country right now. And, and whether you're a super duper intellectual or a true ideological conservative or liberal or somebody who just kind of sees the news sometimes, maybe just on the gas station, uh, gas station TV, maybe you go where you think you're home. And that's, I think, what Chuck was talking about, too. This has been Dig Deep on KEXE, KBXE. You can check our website. We'll have a podcast on only conversation available there. KEXE.org. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Nice to be back.